Hey, hello there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Weekly MTG. I'm your host, Chris Peeler, filling in for Blake Rasmussen, who's taking some well-earned vacation time. Uh, I'm one of the community managers for Magic, one of the folks behind the different social media accounts. You've probably seen me tweet at some point in the last couple of years. Uh, and I'm joined today by Reggie Volk. Yeah, hi, happy to be here. Glad to have you. Uh, so Reggie is uh, from Studio X, the Magic Design Studio, working on uh, Double Masters and a bunch of other different things. Yeah, yeah. Been in the studio for a little over three years now and have touched a lot of different products, but worked on the original Double Masters and was on this team too. Very cool. Great. So have some continuity there. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, we're going to be talking about a bunch of previews today. Uh, I, in fact, I'm pretty sure we saw someone in chat asking, where's all the Jeskai cards? They're all here. They're all on this show. This is where they all ended up. Um, Blake decided this would be a, a cool, fun theme. I am a pretty big fan of spell-slinging archetypes generally. You know, like I'm not much of a uh, control player, but I do love blue when it comes to, you know, tapping and bouncing and doing fun stuff, generating tokens off of instant triggers, all that good stuff. Uh, and we have a lot of that today. Um, but first, a uh, really quick brief note on the news. I uh, hope everyone is going to have a great time at the different Command Fest events going on this weekend. Uh, I believe we have Philadelphia, among others. So hope everyone's doing well there. Um, but you know what? That's all well and good. People are here for previews. Let's get into it. Let's get into previews. Let's do previews. All right, so like we said, we're going to be talking about Jeskai over the course of the show today. Uh, so that's the blue, white, and red color combination. Uh, Double Masters 2022 is all centered around these sort of three color archetypes, that's right? right? And all 10 are re represented in the set in some way or another. So uh, both your, your allied sort of arcs and uh, the enemy colored wedges, all of which are sort of viable archetypes within the limited format. Um, so before we get into individual cards, talk a little bit about what Jeskai wants to do in this limited environment. So Jeskai is really leaning into its kind of classic prowess theme that was introduced when we showed off Jeskai in mm -hmm. Cons of Tarkir. And so it's kind of classic spell slinging, cast a lot of instants and sorceries, attack with a lot of creatures, pretty aggressive, pretty lean, and just kind of making your opponent sweat when you're attacking with those creatures mm -hmm. and having combat tricks up or kind of uh, running a tempo strategy with maybe some counter spells or disruption. Yeah, that's always one of the fun things that I found about this kind of archetype is that you get to be really flexible, you know, compared to other aggressive strategies where you have to go all in on, you know, either single large creatures or like, you know, trying to make sure that your board is always pristine all the time. You really have that kind of flexibility to have reactive answers to what your opponent's trying to do exactly. in this color combination. So tons of fun stuff. Uh, let's get into it. We've made the people wait for long enough. So uh, producer Sean, if you could get the first card up. Uh, the first of our previews we have coming up are all commons. And uh, that is relevant. This is a spicy one. Yeah, for, relevant here for Monastery Swift Spear, uh, classic card introduced in uh, original cons of Tarkir block, uh, the, AKA the, the uh, most cool Raging Goblin ever printed, and now even more like Raging Goblin because it is at common uh, with some fantastic alternate art there. Uh, Eric Velhagen doing that piece. Very cool to see Eric back doing doing more things for us and a couple of other pieces in this set, including uh, Muldrotha. I think he did the, the full art yeah, version yeah, yeah. of that. Um, Let's see, so we've got Monastery Swift Spear. We're gonna sort of talk about a couple of these as sort of a, a unit, these these three creatures. We have Jeskai Elder, also coming in at common, originally featured as an uncommon. 
uh, an M21, I believe. So that is a 1-2. And before that, Incon's block again. Yeah, Incon's block again, correct. Um, yeah, 1-2 two for 2, Prowess, uh, with a nice little Saboteur trigger. Uh, that's definitely going to be a nice one in this limited format. Three color formats tend to run a little bit slower, uh, you know, with all the fixing and things you need to do. Um, so having something that can sort of come out the gates and make a big impact early uh, is sure to make for a great limited deck. <clears throat> and then finally, Militia Bugler. This is some spice. This is at common, which is a big deal. Mm -hmm. It's a downshift, and in the limited environment, it's a lot of value. It is really good here. It finds our first two cards that we showed off, mm -hmm. but it also is able to find some really cool value pieces. It can find you your Muldrifter or your Wall of Omens, and mm -hmm. I think I'm excited to try this out in Popper too, seeing if I can curve this into Palace Sentinels or you know Ooh. find my core Skyfisher, something like that. Yeah, bounce it back, get all that value. That is that is good stuff. Yeah, uh, I mean this color combination not known for having the biggest creatures, so That's right. Militia Bugler is going to have your your target density is going to be really high. Um, and even just having Vigilance is kind of doing that thing where I want to attack every turn and mm -hmm. make you sweat. Mm, you exactly, know. yeah. Leading up to... Put you to it. Yeah, uh, uh, really low opportunity cost for things like bluff attacks and, you know, uh, getting aggressive with your opponent and then sort of, you know, forcing them to have it or forcing you to have your trick to, uh, to get in there. Um, so, yeah, these are, these are sort of your, your three commons, the uh, three creatures you're going to see quite a bit of in this color pair. Um, Good stuff, you know, but Jeskai is not necessarily, I mean, like, the creatures are the one thing, but, like, the meat and potatoes. We're talking about the instant Gotta have some spells. Gotta have spells. Gotta have non-creature things to trigger prowess uh, and really get tricksy with the opponent. So uh, let's get to our common instants and sorceries that we got going on here. First up, Mana Link. Classic. Classic. It's been around for a while. You might have heard of it. You know, it's just a, you know, premier soft counter for you know, the better part of the decade and a half, give, take, or more. Um, oh, way more. Oh, no. Uh, don't think too much about how old you are. Anyway, uh, Mana Leak, fantastic, coming in with, uh, the, uh, uh, with some familiar art and flavor text, but it'll be a staple in all kinds of blue decks within this format, I have to imagine. Mm -hmm. Next up, Spell Pierce. Spell Pierce making its return here in this set. Uh, standard with, legal right now, even. Standard legal right now, yeah. Uh, great role filler. Um, you will basically always have a kind of target, and one mana is the... That's, that's, that's a good price. Good price to pay for when you're talking about a, uh, an answer like this. And also with some great art from Dermot Power. Yeah, another classic artist. I always think of that Tempest Gravedigger. Mm -hmm. Classic. Yeah. No, that's... Uh, Definitely among some of the first cards that I ever opened and played with, so it's cool to see Dermot back again. Uh, also did the uh, the full art for Anger of the Gods. That's right. Which you might have seen from this set here. Uh, great little flavor text there. If you make me spill my drink, you're buying me a new one. Been there. We've all been there. <laughs> you know, mage fights at bars, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, and yes, there we go. Here is another fun downshift. I believe, uh, it, correct me, right? This is the first, first time. time. First time at common, is it charm? Fantastic card, uh, really sort of one of the the leading examples of power through versatility. You know, this card has, you know, it was basically played in every format where it could be for a long time. Yeah. You know, all the way up to like cube and commander. Uh, is it charm is fantastic because it is basically there's there's no state of the game where it's not going to be at least a little bit useful. Um, 
So talk to me a little bit about uh, sort of how these commons all sort of play into the limited format. What, we're, what are we sort of looking at as our, our building blocks for limited? Well, with these spells that we just saw, we've got some really good kind of disruption, mm. like we were talking about. These are spells that you can draft and leave up for cheap, you know, leave up that one or two mana when I'm making my attack and be able to interact with my opponent just as efficiently as I can. Yeah, absolutely. That's kind of the, the game plan for a deck like this. You're going to be, you know, playing these like relatively cheap, you know, pretty aggressive creatures early. And then by the time you start hitting turn three or four, that's when you really get to have fun. You know, you get to uh, keep building your board presence and then having a little bit of leftover mana and resources behind so that you can start interacting more, doing more tricks, and uh, sort of keeping your opponents from ever really getting on the front foot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tons of good stuff here. Uh, hopefully some of the popper fans in the chat are having a good time talking about some of these downshifts. Uh, I know it's pretty exciting. So, um, yeah, good, have fun. Good luck in your brave new world of... Some Boros bully action, I hope. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, all right, so we've talked about sort of the initial building blocks <clears throat> of uh, the this archetype within the limited format. Mm -hmm. Let's sort of go up the rarity chain a little bit and let's talk about some of the, the really cool payoffs and some of the reasons to really like dive into this color combination. Some of the things that are gonna be, you know, worth pivoting into if you're in those first early picks of a draft, the kinds of things that make you really excited to wanna play this color combination. Sure. Let's start off with Young Pyromancer. Young Peasy, back can't, again. Can't have this kind of archetype without a Young Pyromancer. Classic, classic card. Two, one for two. Play it or, you know, cast an instant or sorcery, make a red elemental. Young Pyromancer, of course, has been everywhere across all kinds of formats. Oh, yeah. Just a real all-star, which is part of why it's so cool that it got this borderless treatment here from Steve Prescott. That's right. And you might recognize that Steve Prescott art treatment because it kind of tells a story here. Yeah, no, um, it was really cool. We were both diving into the... Um, the art descriptions for the for these pieces earlier today, and and double checking like, wait, Steve did both of these, yeah, is yeah. there? And then yeah, right in right in the art description calls out like uh, that yeah, our young pyromancer here eventually becomes the the seasoned pyromancer that you see on the right, um, with some great little callbacks there, like the uh, sort of the flaming elemental kitten on the left, and then the tigers on the right. Uh, really really great to see all of that come together. Fant yeah, love these pieces. Fantastic work. All right, let's get to our next one, Jeskai Charm. Again, talking about flexible, powerful spells that you can play at all different times of, uh, of the game, things that are basically always going to be useful, uh, and Jeskai Charm is definitely way up there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, put target creature on top of its owner's library, deals four damage to an opponent or planeswalker. Creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and gain lifelink. And, of course, that threatens to be a plus two, plus two. If you've got lots of prowess creatures out, that can always be devastating. Exactly. Um, yeah, Jeskai Charm, always good to put in work. Um, and, yeah, just, it, 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 you know, giving you that temporary tempo advantage that these kinds of decks really thrive on. You know, it's usually not about completely controlling or removing threats in this sort of deck and this archetype. Uh, more just about getting that just enough time that you need to really like skate mm -hmm. in, get your damage, and then close out the game. And sometimes this can just close it out by itself. Four upstairs is a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, nothing to sneeze at there with an almost lava axe attached to everything else that we got going on mm -hmm. here. 
Um, okay, real quick, uh, let's go to our next one. We've got Prophetic Bolt. Another four upstairs. Another another four upstairs. <laughs> yeah, uh, and or any target for that matter. But sure, uh, sure. you know, let's 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 be real. Let's go into the dome. Um, yeah, Prophetic Bolt. Uh, usually see this one at rare. Now downshifted. Yeah, to we did it at Uncommon in Vintage Masters, which obviously is a very powerful format. And so this is, I think, the first time since then it's back at Uncommon, and it's a spicy number. It's a lot of value. A lot of tempo. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, just a, a casual, you know, uh, four damage plus impulse. Do you know? Do what you got to do. Uh, but yeah, that's that's really all of what this this color combination is about. And you know, for that matter, uh, you know, it's blue red. You know, we're talking about these these two color cards here. Uh, but you're not really gonna shy gonna be shy about putting this into your your Grixis or your Teamer builds. Certainly either. not. Yeah. Um, these kinds of two-color cards definitely putting in work in uh, multiple different archetypes within the format. So Yeah, and like you said, those Grixis and Teamer decks are often going to be a little more big controlling <clears throat> as opposed to this. And so, yeah, having a five-drop spell that provides this kind of value, it's yeah. going to be a hot ticket. Exactly. This is a bit more of a more of a curve topper in the Jeskai That's context. Right. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. All right, I think we have another, another iconic oh my God. removal spell. There we go. Yeah. Light, yeah, oh, oh my god, right up front at the top. There's the lightning helix. Uh, sorry, uh, missed missed the opportunity to scream at the top of my lungs there. Apologies for, for the folks at home, but also, you know, I'm sparing everybody the headphone damage. Um, yeah, lightning helix. Uh, classic uh, Ravnica City of Guilds card making its way back. Fe uh, this one featuring the uh, the vengeant Ajani art. Oh, yeah. Ajani back when he was just just had, a, had some anger problems he was working through. Um, but again, premium sort of tempo removal spell, um, the kind of thing that's going to continue paving the way for all of your small prowess creatures, all of your saboteur triggers, uh, while also getting some life back and sort of offsetting any potential losses you might have had early on. Yep. Uh, just another great card for this kind of limited archetype. And good to have for the modern deck. Absolutely. Staple uh, in that format for as long as it's been around. <clears throat> All right. Now, uh, eagle-eyed viewers might have seen this one before, but, you know, uh, Mentor of the Meek, also another cool, exciting downshift. That's right. Going from uh, Rare back in its original Innistrad printing in 2016, or, no, wait, not 2016, early, way earlier than that, sorry. That's right. 2011. Oh, time is weird, squishy. Don't uh, think about it too hard. No, I'm not thinking about it too hard. So... Talk about what a card like Mentor of the Meek is doing for this kind of limited archetype. Yeah, so we saw Militia Bugler, and we were talking about how an awful lot of these creatures are small by themselves because they've got stuff like prowess, and you're going to want to grow them with either the prowess ability or other combat tricks and the like. And so this just provides some really nice value and kind of flow as you curve out and, you know, if you're drawing your Monastery Swift Spears in the mid to late game where they might otherwise be a little less good than on turn one and two, mm -hmm. now I can kind of get some compensation here. Exactly, yeah. Or I can play my Wall of Omens and draw two and really go to town. You love to see it, you know, love drawing some extra cards uh, when, when one isn't enough. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, really getting that kind of like acceleration and velocity that this deck really, really wants in order to keep the pressure going. For sure. And I'm excited to get that borderless treatment for my commander deck. Yes, that is a great treatment there. I'm probably going to be getting that one into Alesha when the time comes. 
That'll be a great addition to that deck. Um, very cool. And sort of the uh, last among our uncommons, we got Breakthrough, which is a nice solid little card draw, card selection tool. Um, great that it's able to sort of flex and be a little bit modal in this kind of archetype. You know, mm -hmm. you, uh, uh, if you just desperately need a couple of key cards and you're sitting on a bunch of junk, doesn't need to necessarily break the bank in terms of cost in order to uh, get that card selection that you're looking for. That's right. X equals zero, save that for legacy. Wouldn't recommend. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, don't, don't go too ham. Maybe in, uh, if you're Sultai in a pinch, you know, yeah, you yeah, fill if your you're, graveyard for some spider spawning. But uh, Yeah, if you're, if you're super desperate to get, to get your Delph going. But yeah, this, if you haven't played with this one in limited, actually, paying uh, you know, X for a, a reasonable amount is pretty strong. Mm -hmm. so. Absolutely. Um, sort of doing its uh, concentrate impression That's uh, right. on the high end there. Absolutely. All right, so let me let me take a look at our run of show here. Let me double check that we're we're about to get to the good stuff. I think I think we're I think it's about time. You know, we've talked about some of the some of the fun cards here that you're going to see a lot in limited. Yep, <clears throat> I think it is about time for us to get into the big stuff. So uh, first up, we got Revelark. Revelark making another appearance here. Now, not exactly, uh, you know. Uh, Revelark, not necessarily a limited powerhouse, uh, still going to get a lot of work done as, you know, four power flyer for five. Uh, definitely uh, a, a key combo piece from decks, you know, new and old going all the way back. Mm -hmm. And uh, kind of made a little vertical cycle here with the Militia Bugler and the Mentor of the Meek. Yeah, exactly. So we have all this sort of power two matters going all the way up and down the mana curve, which is super but fun. Cube staple, I'm sure people will be excited to grab that foil etched. Yep. Uh, you know, grab that, pair it up with uh, with your favorite karmic guide, and go to town. <laughs> Can't go wrong with Revel Arc. All right, let's move on to our next one, Talrand. Talrand can't, we can't do all of these other token producers, this right. kind of so Spellslinger archetype. Yeah. You know, got to have young Pyromancer, seasoned Pyromancer, and then honorary Pyromancer, but also there's Drakes, don't worry about it. Dracomancer. Dracomancer, yeah. yeah. Um, and first time in foil etched for Talrand. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a nice one. I'm sure people will be excited to grab that for Commander decks. Absolutely. All right, Abbot of Carol Keep as well. So another great sort of prowess role player here. Mm -hmm. um, Again, card velocity is so big in this kind of limited for uh, this kind of limited archetype. So being able to uh, get that extra sort of impulse draw uh, later in the game when you maybe you have you know four, five, six yeah. mana available and you or turn three, run it out, <clears throat> try to hit the land draw. Yeah, it's exactly. Classic. Yeah, the old uh, the classic. Don't play your land. Pray that it's on top, and then go for it from there. Uh, but yeah, good to see Abbot of Carol keep back there. Uh, Sean, I think we might have skipped over one. Uh, I believe there's there's another... A four Rebel Arc, maybe? Uh, yeah, another three-color Jeskai card that I think we might have bounced right past. Oh, I see it. There we go. It is Jeskai Ascendancy. I was, well, I was hoping that we would get to Rebel Arc and Jeskai Ascendancy at the same time so that we could have sort of the, uh, the double combo. whammy... The double whammy of every combo, every combo card you can want. Um, but no slouch in limited either. Certainly not, yeah. This provides, I mean, it basically gives all your creatures prowess and doubles up with your existing ones. And that looting ability on the bottom is 
huge power getting yeah. to churn through an awful lot of your deck and find the goods. Yeah, and uh, you know, speaking of sort of the the offensive and defensive back and forth, like untapping those creatures, very relevant in uh, in any sort of combat focused deck, being able to uh, get aggress aggressive and then surprise blockers coming in. Um, just a, a huge potential swing, in addition to being, yeah, you know, the cornerstone of many, many fun, silly creature-based combos with tap abilities and Certainly. all that kind of good stuff. All right, uh, another downshift uh, in another commander deck reprint. Yeah, C-19 originally. <clears throat> C-19 originally, yep. And uh, Elsha of the Infinite. Uh, we saw Jimmy and Josh from the Command Zone make good use of, of Elsha, and of course the, the resident Vidalcan Orrery uh, Flash proponents in the community. Um, but yeah, uh, Elsha's back here for the first time in a foil etched treatment, which is really cool. And in a limited set. And in a limited set. Get to, get to finally try this one out. 40 in, card Elsha. In a 40 card deck, uh, as opposed to 100 cards. So <clears throat> that'll be a ton of fun. Uh, again, prowess up and down the rarity curve all over the place. Uh, really quick, before we get to the next one, mm -hmm. uh, Let's let's do a little bit of prep work, right? You okay. Know, for 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 the next preview, um, had a couple of different cards that were coming in uh, from from this set that go way 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 back, uh, all the way back to Portal Three Kingdoms, a uh, set that was sold internationally, sort of meant to be an introductory starter set. Uh, it featured a lot of sort of iconic magic effects, but reskinned to have sort of that uh, Romance of the Three Kingdoms mm -hmm. flavor going on. And a couple of those cards are making their way back into Double Masters 2022. Uh, we saw Imperial Seal sort of at the beginning of the preview season. And now we have one more. Uh, Eagle-eyed viewers might have, might have picked up on it already if you were, you know, really, really on the ball on social. But you know what? Let's get it out here for its official unveiling. Uh, it is Warrior's Oath. Let's spend a little time on this one. Let, let's chat a bit about, about Warrior's Oath. First off, great new piece. Uh, yeah, Kaldheim flavor. Yeah, Kaldheim flavored art this time around. Um, Warrior's Oath is red and a red for a sorcery. Take an extra turn after this one. At the beginning of that turn's end step, you lose the game. Uh, no guts, no glory. Classic red deck kind of behavior. Uh, Final Fortune, I believe, was the original uh, sort of so. version of this card. Um, and then it got... <clears throat> sort of the Portal 3K treatment here in Warrior's Oath. Um, so very cool card. Happy to see it finally making a return here after all this time and all these years. Um, what are some of the fun things you can do in Limited with this one? Are we are we going for it? Are we are we going into the red zone twice in a row? Is that, is I that... think if you're taking this, you're going for it. You know, that's what the old reminder text used to say. You don't lose the game if you win the game. And so... <laughs> uh, yeah, you're ideally using this as, you know, basically an extra combat step and mm -hmm. really hoping that it goes crazy. Um, I guess you can even cast it and you get a prowess trigger off of it. Um, <laughs> On top of, you know... If you're I mean, really trying to min-max it, yeah, which you probably are. Extra turns are this. fine. We're here for the prowess triggers. That's, oh, yeah, that's yeah. what we're all about on weekly FTG. Getting <laughs> uh, every ounce of value out of it. Uh, yeah. I, I think you need to be bold if you're taking this one. Probably. Uh, might be worth it, but either way, great card to see uh, finally make a return here in Double Masters. It'll lead to stories, good or bad. Exactly. <laughs> All right, and I think we have one final preview Ooh. card for today uh, for Double Masters 2022. Uh, one more Mythic Rare, 
It's Monastery Mentor. Okay, you thought we forgot. You thought we forgot about Monastery Mentor. No, Talking we about didn't. prowess creatures, you know. Prowess creatures, prowess triggers, making tokens. Uh, no, of course we had to have Monastery Mentor back. Um, yeah, classic from Fate Reforged. Uh, first time in, uh, first time reprint in a main set since Fate Reforged, if I recall. Uh, there was on the list at one point, yeah. and then I think there was a, a judge promo, judge promo version of it. But yeah, first time back in a, uh, a major set release like this. So yeah, two and a white for a two-two human monk with prowess. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, create a one-one white monk creature token with prowess. Uh, someone is going to live the dream of getting this and Divining Top in their same pool. Oh, no. And I, I, I want to be that person. I don't want to be the person who has to keep track of that person's triggers. Uh, but at the same time, that's that's going to be good. I'm looking forward to that. I mean, I mean, gosh, you could even do that with Elsha if you're that lucky. That could even be your pick one. That, pack one, pick one. Pack one, pick one. Double Masters, take two. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Um, so speaking of all of that, let's let's talk a little bit more about the limited environment generally. Um, you mentioned uh, taking two two rares or uh, two, two cards from your first uh, first pack. pick. Yeah. Yep. Um, how do you think that sort of impacts the overall flow of the limited environment? I think that it helps you find your lane a little sooner mm -hmm. than you might otherwise. Um, you know, a lot of people are going to be inclined to you know take a rare and probably something else. It's not too, too common that both of your rares synergize super well. And so mm -hmm. I find when I've drafted this format, I'm often taking a pretty powerful rare, because there are a lot of them, and a pretty powerful uncommon, say. And then pretty quickly, I'll figure out which maybe two colors I'm looking at based on those around you know pack one. And then kind of the, the cool flexibility here of having all of the three color factions is that right. you know if I know I am red-white, I can be kind of eyeing, do I want to do blue? Could I splash for something sweet? Could I be green? What am I going to do? And try right. and, you know, branch out from there. But I have all the options available to me. Absolutely. Um, really quick, before we follow up on that one, uh, we have a little bit of time here for Q&A. Uh, if anybody from uh, in the chat here has questions for Reggie about the design of the set, um, especially limited play, since that's kind of the, the theme of the day here today. Uh, feel free to drop those into chat. Uh, make sure to put an at magic there to uh, make it a little bit easier for us to find. Um, but by all means, ask away. Yeah. Um, so you're talking a little bit about, you know, finding your lane, sort of, you know, being able to pivot a little bit there mm -hmm. with these three color combinations. Talk to me a little bit about sort of how you see this format playing out in, in its three color identity. Are we looking, uh, are, are your average decks gonna look more like, you know, two colors with a splash? Are we talking like pure three color madness? Like, you know, the old like six of each basic land kind of mana yeah, base? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, in play testing and development, we definitely saw a mix of both. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely somebody that likes to do two colors with a splash more than anything. Mm -hmm. um, but. It often depends on how many true three-color cards you found and just what you're branching out into. You know, the perks mm -hmm. of a master set like this is that you know, all of the cards are so powerful that mm -hmm. you're really not starved for playables in yeah. your packs. And so kind of world is your oyster there. Yeah, that in that way it does sort of resemble a lot of cube limited environments yeah, yeah. where you are less concerned about uh, you know finding the right number of playables and more about trying to craft and tune your deck to have that kind of like synergistic experience that you know really really gets going. Right. 
Um, so speaking of the, the, the fixing, how high are you taking fixing in this kind of limited format? Pretty highly. So we have obviously our, our new checklist land technology. Mm -hmm. You haven't seen Cryptic Spires. Yeah, in fact, producer Sean, if you have a, have a moment and you're able to get Cryptic Spires up, uh, please mm -hmm. do. But And so that's one per pack. Mm -hmm. And that is pretty powerful. I mean, it is a dual land, any color you want effectively. And so I take those relatively highly. And then at Uncommon, we've got the full cycle of the bounce lands, Carews. Mm -hmm. and those are very powerful. Yeah, uh, a great cycle that'll both sort of get your fixing going and sort of help ease your draws a little bit if you're, you know, this, the, this is not the kind of limited environment where you're gonna get randomly stone rained, unlike Cube. Uh, so, you know, playing that, uh, that tapped bounce land, not as big of a liability as it might be in other right, formats. Right. Um, and then, yeah, you get great fixing to, uh, to go and really facilitate all those. Yeah, those so I take that pretty highly. Mm -hmm. um, just knowing that you know any two-color land I take, especially early on, can probably see play you know in any three-color deck that I wind up with. Mm -hmm. uh, especially Cryptic Spires has that advantage. Right. Um, all right. Let me let me double check here. I think there were some other things that I wanted to talk about with with limited. Um, oh, right. So you know one of the one of the struggles that I have personally. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I have I have an expert from from Studio X now. Uh, <laughs> I. Uh, sometimes host this show, but mostly I moonlight as someone who is not actually that good at limited, but loves it a lot. So when you're talking about, uh, we've been talking about the Jeskai color archetype today and this sort of prowess deck, um, what's the kind of like ratio of creatures to non-creatures that you're really looking to hit in a, in a deck like this? Yeah, so we're looking at a 40 card deck and so mm -hmm. you're usually running 16 or 17 lands. You know, mm -hmm. these Jeskai decks can sometimes cheat a little bit because they've got some cantrips and are a little lean, low to the ground. Mm -hmm. And so then you're looking at 23, 24 other playables. I think it's not terrible to still err on the side of high creatures. Mm -hmm. um, can't go wrong there, but you know, I think it's okay if you're running, you know, 10 or more instant mm -hmm. or sorceries, you know, non-creature spells in your deck. Mm -hmm. You can run, you know, something like, yeah, a 14-10 split, or, you know, even if you're daring, maybe a 12-12. It all just kind of depends on, you know, what those spells are, especially, you know. Right, yeah. If you do have a lot of spells that replace themselves easily, that I can cast for really cheap on low mana, then mm -hmm. I'll feel a little better because I'll know that they'll dig me towards my creatures. Mm -hmm. If I've got a lot of, you know, just spell pierces and mana leaks, maybe try to err a little higher on, I really want to have that creature in my hand and in play early. Makes sense. And, and then, you know, occasionally you'll get, you know, the, the perfect scenarios where, uh, you know, you might have an instant or a sorcery that'll generate tokens, get sure. a little bit of a two for one. Uh, there's definitely a couple of cards like that in the set. So great in this archetype as well. Um, all right, so I'm gonna double check here, see if we've had any questions roll in from Twitch chat. Just a moment here. Oh, uh, good question from uh, Zendikon Sage. When is the full spoiler going live? Uh, that's tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow we're going to have the complete card image gallery live on uh, Daily MTG. Uh, and uh, we'll also mirror that on Facebook uh, for folks who are viewing there. But uh, yeah, full card, card image gallery going live tomorrow. Uh, I believe we have uh, some preview events for Double Masters going on at premium, uh, WPM Premium stores over this weekend. And then, uh, or sorry, next weekend. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's what, yeah, next weekend. Um, time is tricky. It's hard. We've discussed that a couple of times on the show so far. <laughs> it's really, it's not easy. 
Um, yeah, uh, preview events going on at WPN Premium Stores, and then full release on July 8th. Uh, but tomorrow you can get a look at the entire card image gallery. Uh, feel free to keep those questions rolling in. We might sort of go back uh, for Q&A a little bit later here in the show. Um, but no need to, you know, belabor too much. We also have uh, some alchemy things that we want to, uh, to share with everyone on the show today. Uh, Producer Sean, if we could get some of that info going up. Um, Earlier this week, yesterday, uh, we had a, a piece go up on Daily MTG sort of outlining uh, Alchemy Horizons' uh, battle for Baldur's Gate. And that is coming to Arena soon. And, mm -hmm. Reggie, you also worked on that set, right? I did, yeah. I had a little bit of a hand in working on that Alchemy content. I've done a couple of Arena projects now. Fantastic. Um, so, yeah, Alchemy Horizons, uh, 81 new cards uh, alongside a bunch of CLB reprints. Uh, and those cards are going directly into the Alchemy and Historic formats. It'll be a ton of fun. It has its own Mastery Pass, its own limited environment. Um, Going to be a ton of fun with all these kind of like digital-only mechanics, things that we could never quite pull off in paper, uh, really getting their time to shine here uh, here in Limited, or uh, in, in MTG Arena. Um, so that'll be coming July 7th, that full release. Uh, Mastery passes and pre-orders are available now, I believe. Spoilers starting to yep. trickle out. And then, yeah, we're starting to get our first first set of previews for that going up this week. Uh, so let's start off with our first one. Uh, we have giant fire beetles here. Uh, two and a red for a 2-2 two -two with menace and double team. Uh, double team being a mechanic where uh, when the creature attacks, if it is a non-token creature, uh, you conjure a copy of the card to your hand, and then both of those copies lose double team. Yep. Kind of a replacement for Myriad. Exactly. Yep. So kind of a, yeah, your, your Myriad analog, and also just, again, keeping that, that you know, card flow going and uh, getting getting a nice little two-for-one on, uh, on your creature count. And, of course, you know, they're also giant cute beetles. Who doesn't love, who doesn't love those little, little guys? Look at them. Your opponent might not. The opponent might not, but they can, they'll deal. They'll live. Uh, next up, Valiant Farewell. Uh, one and a white for an instant. Target creature you control gets plus two, zero until end of turn. When that creature leaves the battlefield this turn, you get a boon with when you cast your next creature spell, it perpetually gets plus two, plus zero. Draw a card. A lot going on there. Uh, talk to me a little bit about Boon, Reggie, that's a, a new term that we're starting to see for this set. Yeah, so we've been wondering and kind of thinking about how we wanted to make this mechanic happen and just figuring out it's basically a status effect that perpetually kind of, or not perpetually, that's a, a load-bearing <laughs> word, but lingers <laughs> over the game and the next time you do something to meet the boon's condition, mm -hmm. it'll trigger, and then the boon will go away. Yeah, it's uh, they behave pretty similarly to delayed triggers. Exactly. You know? Yeah, very very similar to what you might see on existing cards with, uh, you know, that small icon that might appear on like the left hand side of the battlefield. Very similar implementation, but now just given you know a nice name. It can name. last through turns, yeah, which can, is different. Yeah, can last through turns and. Um, uh, sort of gives it all a nice, pa a nice clean mechanical identity package in addition to, uh, uh, yeah, being sort of a reminder term there. All right, so next up, I think we have, ah, there we go. Good old Pegasus Guardian. 
this is a uh, just a straight up reprint from uh, from the main Commander Legends set. Uh, it is a card with adventure, which fantastic mechanic you remember from Throne of Eldraine, mm -hmm. making its return into CLB, and uh, and adorable art. And adorable art. I mean, come on, it's just little horsies, and they got wings. They're cute. Love them. Um, but you're already familiar with that one. Let's go to sort of our, our final and uh, uh, probably the spiciest of, of these new mechanics coming to Alchemy Horizons Baldur's Gate. Uh, this is Ambergris Citadel Agent. Might be Ambergris. Didn't, didn't chat up my D&D counterpart before this, this stream. My bad if I'm getting the pronunciation wrong. Uh, but a... Uh, Two and a red for a 3-2 Dwarf Cleric, Legendary Creature, with Haste and Specialize 3. Uh, whenever Ambergris attacks, Citadel, or Ambergris Citadel Agent attacks, you may discard your hand and draw two cards, and then Specialize 3. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about what the Specialize mechanic is. Um, so let me, let me see if I'm following this correctly. Sure. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, Reggie. But the idea is that you pay that Specialize cost That's and right. then discard a card... Uh, with a corresponding, a, a, a discarded card, and yep. then depending on the color or the land type associated with that card, uh, you'll then specialize the creature into one of its... Pick your path, basically. Pick yeah. your path. Basically, yeah. Transform into a different form. So mm -hmm. let's, get, let's get the graphic up again, and we can see all of the different versions of Ambergris here, all of them sort of giving slightly different flavors of discarding your hand and then drawing extra cards and getting some extra bonuses along the way. <clears throat> uh, including a sort of mono-red version that gives you like a, you know, super-duper version of kind of the basic, <laughs> yeah, yeah, basic form of, uh, of the card there. Um, super cool. Uh, again, the kind of space that you're not going to be able to do anywhere else but in, in digital play like this. Right. When you're drafting the set, for instance, you can take this, and it is effectively a gold card, no matter what archetype you're in. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if I'm red-black, I'm red-blue, I can take this, and it'll have cool, unique functionality in that deck, which is pretty nifty. Yeah, that is uh, super cool. Going to be interesting to see how all of those uh, play out in, uh, in Brawl on the, mm -hmm. on the platform as well. That'll be super cool. Um, Producer Sean, do we have the, the sort of final graphic associated with... Uh, there we go. Yeah, I want to make sure we shout out once again uh, Alchemy Horizons Baldur's Gate. Pre-orders are up now. Uh, we have two different packages uh, available. So we have the uh, Lazelle package here with some limited play. And then the Will package with all of these packs that you're going to get alongside it all. Um, so again, pre-orders up now. Feel free to take a look at those. Um, all right, so, whew, we've been talking a lot here. I feel <laughs> like I've, 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 I've done a lot of word spitting. Uh, I'm wishing that this had anything in it, but it is plum empty. Uh, real quick, let's take a look and see if we got any, any other questions from Twitch chat. Oh, got a couple come in here. Awesome. Great. Uh, Deft4691 asking, will the downshifted cards be available for play in Popper slash Artisan on Arena at their new rarity? Great question. Um, I will have a chat with uh, some of our Arena-focused developers mm -hmm. and um, get back on that one. That's, that is a great question. 
uh, including I'll, I'll chat with my, my colleague Jesse, who's been doing community work over on the arena side of things. Um, ah, Shadow, uh, Shadow Shifter X, X, X asking if we're going to do more textured foils in the future. Uh, really enjoys them. As with, uh, with any kind of new treatment, new uh, visual style presentation, tell us that you like it. Let us know how you feel, if it's the sort of thing that people really enjoy. Uh, Magic is not shy about doing more of what we'll people... We'll listen. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, will, we will listen and we will do more of what people like already. <laughs> so uh, thanks for the feedback and uh, definitely something we're going to keep in mind for the future. Uh, RG Dawn Sword asking, are there box toppers? No, there are no box toppers in Double Masters 2022 draft or collector boosters this go around. Um, instead, those borderless cards that we've been showing are available in both uh, collector and draft boosters. Uh, you can check the um, collecting Double Masters 2022 article over on Daily MTG for more info on that one. Oh, hey, a uh, question we've seen quite a bit before. We sort of breezed right past it, but um, asking about crypt uh, expires and legalities in constructed formats. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. Uh, it is legal in Commander. Uh, functions pretty much exactly the same way yep. as you'd expect from how it works in Limited, really. Construct your deck. It's a dual land. <laughs> it's a dual land. Granted, you're probably not hurting for too many tapped dual lands in non-Limited formats, like outside of Double Masters 2022 Limited. But if you wanted to, it is an option that's available to you. Uh, Fistful of Checks asking if uh, you need to use six wild cards to unlock all of those cards re-specialize. I believe, you no. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they're all effectively multiple sides and versions of the same card. So you're going to be... Uh, uh, spending your wild cards on sort of the base card and then having access to all of those different forms and variations. Yep. yep. Uh, another question, uh, is Double Masters 2022 a limited print run product? Yes, uh, it's very similar to other uh, Masters products in the past. Uh, we will print it and then when it's gone, it's gone. Uh, then another question about Monastery Mentor. Uh, will it get a full art printing or just the etched? Uh, no no full art, no borderless treatment for Monastery Mentor. Just the foil etched for that one. You're stuck with the beautiful Magali Villeneuve art. Yeah, no. Sorry sorry about it. Still have to stick with Magali. Oh, darn. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, lots of other different full art pieces from throughout the set. But Monastery Mentor, not this time. Maybe the next time it shows up. We'll see. All right, let me double check here. Any other good questions? Not seeing a ton else right now. Thanks again to uh, producer Sean and, and uh, Athena, our, my community colleague, for keeping an eye on Twitch chat. I am not nearly as good at multitasking as Blake is, being able to check out chat while also, you know, talking and trying to be a person, not a camera. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, some questions about, uh, you know, this set, or uh, Double Masters and, you know, sort of the, the 
booster skew for it. You know, uh, you know, we really focused on on uh, the draft format for mm -hmm. for Double Masters 2022, and then wanted to make sure there was you know options for people who really wanted those those collector. Uh, the, those collectible cards to have sort of their their place to go if all they're looking for is to open up things. Um, set boosters just weren't in in the cards this time around. Um, although definitely, if that's the kind of feedback that you that we'd like to hear, if uh, set boosters for a master style format like this might be something that folks are interested in in the future, um, by all means, throw an at to uh, wizards underscore magic on Twitter. All the other kind of social platforms, uh, that's exactly the kind of feedback that my team likes to take in and distribute to all the other folks internally. Uh, that's one of our primary jobs is sort of making sure that everybody who is talking about all these new sets and products and uh, all the news, uh, we sort of operate as kind of that filter between folks internally and externally. So if that's the sort of thing you'd love to see in the future, by all means, please let us know. Oh, hey, can we just run through the previews again? That's something we can do. It's been mere minutes since cards have been on screen. Let's do that again. Uh, if we can take it from the very top. Monastery Swift Spear. Jeskai Elder, another one of our common downshifts. Militia Bugler, that'll be a fun one. I think you're right. That one's going to that one's gonna make some waves in Popper, I have a feeling. Mana Leak. Bell Pierce with that great borderless art. Is it charm finally downshifted to common as well? That one's gonna that one's gonna be fun. Young Pyromancer and its borderless treatment by Steve Prescott. Jeskai Charm, another great role filler for this kind of archetype. Prophetic bolt. Downshifted. Normally you see this one at rare, with the exception of Vintage Masters, of course. <laughs> Lightning Helix off the top! There, that's kind of, that's, that was right. Did I do it? Did I do the... It's close, it was Did close. I do the meme? Not quite? No, okay. Mentor of the Meek also getting a downshift. Breakthrough. Then going into our rares and mythics, Jeskai Ascendancy with its foil-etched version. Revel Arc getting, getting its time to shine. Talrand. Abbot of Carol Keep. Alsha getting a foil edge treatment for the first time. First time at rare. First time in a. Also, the first time you can get this card in non foil. That's right. Yeah. For folks that prefer that. Then Warrior's Oath from Portal Three Kingdoms coming all the way back. Good to see that one again. And finally, Monastery Mentor to round out our suite of sweet Jeskai cards. Not wrong. All right. Do you, I'm going to check one last time here for any additional questions that might have come in. Uh, borderless cards available in draft. Yeah. Uh, uh, again, uh, double check the um, 
collecting Double Masters 2022 article, and it will uh, talk all about the distribution of different card types across uh, the different boosters. And then, uh, oh, just a, a general question. What cards are you most excited about from the set? Um, personally, I am a huge fan that we, we keep getting Richard Kane Ferguson back to do different pieces. Not wrong. That um, Dragonlord Dramoka. That, that Dramoka is just something else. I, I, I don't know. I think in a different life, I would probably be in a van with that Dramoka art just like spray painted, airbrushed on the side of it, and just like driving until I hit ocean. You know, um, just a great piece. Cool card, but like fantastic piece. Um, and I'm looking forward to uh, <clears throat> putting that one into my uh, my Earth Dragon deck. So that would be super cool. Um, how about you? You know, I'm a white mage through and through. So like I have been kind of alluding to getting Wall of Omens and Mentor of the Meek uh, in the new Borderless treatment and getting to fill my decks with those. Super excited. And I don't even know what rare I would pick if mm -hmm. I'm just trying to like put myself down to one. That Dragonlord Dramoka is really nice. It is, it is good That stuff. Phil Foglio Chaos Warp, that one's pretty crazy. Great to see Phil back again after all this time and uh, you know, with all those cute little butterflies. <laughs> uh, all right, well, once again, thanks everybody for, for coming by. I think that's about, about all the time that we have. Questions are starting to wrap up here. Um, Thank you so much for your time. It's been great chatting, and thanks to Reggie for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. It's been super great to see everybody. And uh, once again, uh, the Complete Card Image Gallery is going to be up tomorrow on Daily MTG, so you can get a look at the entire set, uh, maybe run through this sort of exercise like we did for Jeskai with all the other three color combinations uh, before playing the events uh, on Magic Online or at your local game store. So uh, once again, thank you so much for joining us. Next week... Uh, Blake will be back, and I believe he's going to be cracking open some packs. Ooh, yeah. exciting. Nice, chill pack opening stream. Fingers crossed, knock on wood. Uh, but until then, thank you all so much, and have a good one.